Welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the greatest club in the Eastern Hemisphere, uh, while we sit over here in the Western Hemisphere and talk about it. A global global club with a global reach and a global podcast, uh, as we appreciate all of our listeners all around the world, uh, Eddie up in Australia, uh, who are, why did I say Australia? Eddie's up in Ireland. Uh, we got someone in Australia hit me up the other day too. Um, Tyler. Tyler is in Australia. Uh, hit me up through our website. So uh, if you're listening to our podcast anywhere in the world following on Trek Frankfurt, hit us up on Twitter, X if you want to call it that now, at HEFpod. Uh, on Instagram, Matt does a great job with that one, at Hey on Trek Frankfurt, uh, halfpod.com, of course. Uh, which is getting a new update to the statistics zone this week. And, of course, I am the uh, makeshift webmaster, if we'll call it that. Um, Chris, here in the middle of Michigan, if you hold up your right hand and point right to the center of it, that's where I'm sitting. Um, And my co-host for this episode, uh, down in the area where I resided until just a couple months ago, Garrett in Detroit. Garrett, how are you doing tonight? Chris, I am doing pretty well. Um, I just smashed Wendy, a nice Wendy's meal, including a chocolate frosty. My belly feels as full and satisfied like the Adler satisfied us both on the men's side on Saturday, the Frau and on Monday. Look forward to talking to it all. And while you're giving shout-outs around the world, I want to give a shout-out to apparently um, uh, the increased finish traffic on the website. And if it's because I pronounced HGK, the proper Huyaku Helsinki, many thanks. If I messed up the pronunciation of uh, what I think is Huyaku Helsinki, please feel free to let us know in any one of the formats. I promise you I'm going to mess it up a lot. And it's no offense to the good people of Finland. I love your country. I've spent plenty of good time there. Um, I just don't do well with foreign language. I apologize. I'm American. It's kind of what we do. Um, no offense intended. Uh, back to the frosty thing for a minute. Do you dip the nuggets in the frosty? So I didn't do the nuggets in the frosty. I do do occasionally fries in the frosty. That's a good one too. That's a good one. Um, as I've gotten more and more into this podcasting, I love a good transition. The only thing more frosty than your Wendy's tonight was Union Berlin on the weekend. <laughs> Say what's cooler than to... being cool? Union. Ice cold. Ice cold. But on the weekend, uh the Eagles shut down Berlin three to zero um on the road. I thought I uh, granted I've been out quite a bit recently. I haven't seen as many matches as I wish I had. I thought this was the most complete ninety minutes that I've seen this season. Uh, you've seen far more than I have. Give me your assessment on the overall before we get into a few of the individual performances. I think when you go into a fixture like this and you talk about Union having had lost 11 matches in all competitions, um, including their exit from the DFA Pokal um, during the week at Stuttgart, um, and ourselves had just come off the midweek match in the Pokal against Vittoria Colm on Wednesday, which 
you know, we got the result, but, you know, it wasn't the most because we did some rotation. We weren't fully clicking like we were against Huyaku Helsinki, like we were against Dortmund. So what side were we going to see of ours on Saturday at Union? And, you know, when teams struggle, bad op- fort, bad luck hits them quick. They draw a foul on Marmus draws a foul, what, two minutes in? Shaibi pumps the ball into the box um, that bounces off, not completely cleared, and then Omar Marmush, just that instinct, buried it. Um, and you're like, here we go. And then if you're an Union fan or Urs Fisher, you're like, we've seen this before. And we were just able to keep it going, which was really great to see. Um, I mean, you know, Marmish again from Larson, and then, you know, um, withstanding some Union chances and, you know, a great moment in the second half um, for, uh, you know, not only Mario Goza coming on, but uh, young Nacho, um, you know, getting his first in the, the Bundesliga. I agree with you in that it was a great, especially on the road too. We've seen a lot of rough away results over the years. To go in, even with Union in the form that they're in, to go into that place with that atmosphere, and their fans were their fans were treating it like any other game. Full on atmosphere, full on noise. To go into that place to win three nil on the road is damn impressive. And I thought it, their fans really showed up um, at the start of the match and before the match and the build up. Uh, they were totally engaged and. You know, the support for Urs that, that the supporters showed, it was really remarkable because there are very few other places where you get that amount of support for a manager who's struggling that bad. And I wouldn't say the struggles are on him. They're having struggles from top to bottom in the organization. But, you know, they've had a lot to manage on their plate. Champions League for the first time. Certainly we had to figure that out last year. Uh, it's not easy. And and they're having a real rough time, but they've been probably the brightest story in the Bundesliga over the last few years, and it's been fun to follow that. But you know they're having tough times. I think they'll be back. Um, but for how much support they had after Chabi puts out that first ball in the box and Marmouche takes care of it, uh, it was almost entirely on track chance the remainder of the match. There were a few flare-ups here and there from the the Berlin contingent. But uh, the Frankfurt supporters that made the trip, they they were loud. And you could hear it and you could see it drive the team. Um, being up two goals 15 minutes in, I really liked We're seeing a very good mix of young and old right now. Uh, I want to go to that second goal from Larson with a nice uh, alley pass to Marmouche, who really could not miss. Literally, if it touched his body, it was going in. That's the kind of uh, youth-to-youth connection that we're going to need going forward. And we're going to talk in a little bit about whether we need to fortify our, our forward ranks a little bit. Uh, but certainly, Marmouche is coming into his own, uh, really finding his stride. And then, of course, that second half um, build up to the goal from from Nacho Ferry um, in Detroit uh, in the 2002 Stanley Cup run. We had three three boys and a goat. Uh, that was a young boy and a goat there between Nacho and Goza. 
Uh, truly just a, a great back and forth give and go between them. And not at all an easy one. Not a flat ball. They're not moving the same direction. Uh, the ball's bouncing around. You got guys going in different directions that somehow put that connection together. That's got to be a great confidence boost for Goza. You know, he's in a transition point here where he's on a, a roster that's getting younger by the by the window, and he's getting older. Um, but he's certainly wise. He certainly has that playmaking ability still, and the confidence it's got to give a young guy like Nacho to, to link up with one of the German greats of recent memory, um, you know, and certainly a legend in that country for his for his World Cup heroics. This is something that I think is great for everybody involved. Not just the clean sheet, not just three goals. By the way, since that that idiot on ESPN last week said Eintracht Frankfurt can't score goals, we put up seven over two matches. So you know, maybe guys should start watching the matches instead of just looking at stat sheets for the commentary. But he had his, uh, he did eat his words on Saturday a bit too because um, if we're, I don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about the main like the main Bundesliga match um, yeah. that the rest of the world is gonna talk about. He did make a good comment about how you can tell um, one of the teams was based on playing us. Um, yeah, and I think also real quick on Nacho that goal when you look at. Because not that just his confidence already right now in just getting I guess getting some minutes earlier in the year. I wonder does he strike that does he finish a goal like he did on Saturday? Had he not gotten those minutes when he had in September and a little bit before, which we hadn't really seen so much I think before this year. So if anything, yeah. I think that's a good sign and a shout out to Dino and the club. I think mindset now to like. Give young well, you know, talent an opportunity to shine. While we're at this point, I'm just going to bring it up. It wasn't even in the show sheet, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, the article coming out this week that discussed the potential for Aronson going on loan in the winter window and then coming back to us in the summertime. I think the Nacho situation here is an example of why that might not be beneficial. Well, sure, we want young guys to get more playing time and competitive time at a different club. Um, unless there's some financial windfall attached to it, which there wouldn't be for a, a four or five month loan for a guy like Aronson, get them the spot minutes here. I mean, you can already see what it's done for a guy like Nacho. Uh, how many minutes as I look here on the fly? Total of 49 minutes over three matches. Um, but he's already shown us what he can do. And that's the kind of thing right. where, sure, Aronson's not seeing as much. But but that time in training with the top crew and just learning personalities. You know, he's he's not from Germany. Learning, you know, to be comfortable in Frankfurt as, as a resident of the city and the commute to work and the, the preparation you put in daily, knowing the staff. All those things that you have to learn as a young player playing it in an international location like that, it's a little bit easier when that's your permanent home. Because let's say hypothetically we send him to Belgium in January. And while we've had great success sending guys to Belgium for development, now he's got to learn somewhere new. A new routine, new people, new culture. All those things that are hard enough for a 20-year-old to figure out um, once – 
Now he's got to do it twice in a calendar year, and then, by the way, we'll bring you back in the summer. I don't like that idea. I don't like it for Nacho. I don't like it for Aronson because we've seen from both of them the spark they can provide to the lineup, even in spot play. Um, And I'll get off my rant here in a second, but I like what we've seen from Dino roster-wise. God bless Timothy Chandler. Um, I got his jersey hanging up uh, in the basement here. But you know what? He, he He's not providing time for us anymore. I appreciate what he's done, but I like that Dino's letting him be the locker room guy. But on match day, you're not part of the 18. It's the Nachos and the Aronsons that are going to be there. And I think that's the direction we need to go uh, forward with using our youth combined with some of the, the veteran talents like Goza um, and Rhoda and others in there and Hasebe, obviously. So what are your thoughts on that? I kind of put more time than I expected, but what are your thoughts? I think it's going to be really interesting because going into the winter break, we got three Europa Conference League matches. The one this week, end of November, and then the second week in December. We have one more Pokal match, at least, um, in December 9th, I think it is. And we also have the beginning of 2024, AFCON, where we know Armar Marmosh is going to go to Egypt. We know Faris Chaibi, the way, especially the way he's playing, he's going to go not only play for Algeria, I will not be surprised if Faris Chaibi plays his way into a starting spot if he stays consistent. He's just playing out of his mind right now. And Elish Skiri for Tunisia. So you're losing three players that are maybe the spine of this team right now. Uh, especially of the new crop players that have come in this year. Um, I definitely see room for opportunity for like a Nacho to get in, get time. I see opportunity for Paxton Aronson to get in. Um, because I see time for Mario Goetze to fill in there. I see time for Mingankum. These are good opportunities with this squad. Um, and you know you're probably going to like maybe add another body or two come midwinter break. Uh, but I think these second, especially in the secondary match, is a great opportunity for on-the-fly training, game training is going to be where you really get your minutes and excel and shine. And I think you're seeing it more and more as Paxton's been getting minutes this year. He's getting more confident in his game. He's making quicker decisions. Um, I think it chances him for him to shine. Um, I hope Dino gives him an opportunity and puts faith in him. I hope Krosha has an idea. And if it's not week in, week out, Bundesliga come the winner, at least it's like, hey, you're my guy in Pokal. You're my guy in Conference League. Show us what you can do. So if I put the metaphorical gun to your head um, and we're talking about Dino's perspective on this club as we approach the Christmas holiday here, um, put together your shopping list in the top three uh, priority. If you if you have to overspend in one area, assume no one's leaving. I don't think there's anybody that we're going to send out that's got any windfall of cash attached to them. Assume nobody's leaving. What are your top three on your Christmas shopping list for Dino and, um, and Croshaw to put together at the transfer window? I would say a center forward first, and you don't even have to break the bank for a center forward. 
Just someone that can... Because right now our center forward ranks, Omar Marmouche has now become a converted center forward from an attacking mid or midfield winger position. Uh, Jesse Ngakam. And I can see Lucas Olario's time eventually probably winding down. I don't see him getting an opportunity right now. So I look at like, okay, what are the mid-level Bundesliga clubs, for example, that are going to be all right in the table, but need some cash? Like I look at Augsburg and I'm like, does that mean they have room to move like Tietz or Demirovic? Um, Balkan with Asano. Um, those type of guys, you know. Um, can you build the ranks there? I think a center forward just to fill the ranks is the top. Um, secondary, I think we're good in attacking mid, even with Chayabian that out. I think we're good on the wings, especially with Dina and Bembe's versatility. Um, and Einskar Knauf's versatility too, because Einskar Knauf's had a really good run of form. I think we need to highlight that. Um, maybe one more center back. I would go a central mid, a center forward one, central midfielder as a another scary like that can fill in, and then a, so center forward, center midfielder, center back. Yeah, I I think I would agree with that. Uh, it's it's right up the middle. That's where the work is needed. Uh, we have to refine the way that we're not as physical in the middle as we were with guys like Jabril So, who you know was a yellow card a game kind of guy, but he was physical and he would be aggressive on the ball and and create turnovers, and that was part of the whole transition game uh, that won us so many matches with him in the middle. I don't see that kind of physical play there right now. That's something I want, whether it's from a, a center back or a, a center mid, somebody in the middle of the pitch who's going to be physical and aggressive in going after the ball. Um, we've done a great job with possession, I think, compared to previous iterations of this club, um, of this squad. But I think there's a little more to be said for attacking the ball um, when the other team has it. So... That's the direction I'm going. I agree with you. Build from the middle and and reap the reward. Um, before we get to our, our segment break, let's talk about what happened today's match on the Frauen side of things. Eintracht Frankfurt Frauen 1 and Werder Bremen 0 in a league match. Um, the wild way that the, the women's Bundesliga is set up, um, this was only match day 6, believe it or not. It's just crawling, which... It makes it real hard to get in the flow when things are crawling like this. I didn't have the opportunity to see the match in real time, um, but I've been watching the replay this evening. And um, an outstanding performance. Uh, team that is in possession of the ball, 60% of the match. But really, I was shocked when I saw that. It felt like more. Um, the 1-0 scoreline, to me, isn't indicative of the way they handled the match. 60% um, possession and 500 passes made. That's... Stats off of uh, our friends at Sport Monks who are supporting the Statistics Zone on HeftPod.com. Uh, put together 500 passes in a match with 60% possession. Those are kinds of numbers you might see, you know, when you're handling 70% of the ball. So that means they're moving short passes quickly and um, taking opportunities off of it. 
Uh, shout out to Nicole Aniame today uh, in her 50th match with Eintracht Frankfurt, scoring her 15th goal for the club. Uh, outstanding effort. Um, uh, who was that? Uh, Fragging, attacking the goal, and Aniame cleaning it up with a nice little flick over the top. Um, not a lot to write home about as far as what that results gives us. Um, six matches into the season, sitting at fifth in the table. Sounds terrible, but it's only four points short of first. And with the way that the ladies struggled to put the ball in the goal a couple times this year, not going to complain. It is what it is. Um, overall, 11 goals scored, eight against. That eight against is not good. Uh, it's the worst, tied for worst of the top five teams. Uh, but like I said earlier, you can't just look at stats when you put things together. This group looks like they're putting it together. Uh, we've seen some effective play. We're going to talk about it, a couple big upcoming matches that they have um, heading back into Champions League play uh, later this month. Um, but, uh, Garrett, I know you didn't get a chance to see a lot of the match yet. It is available on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you go back and and look at it. It's the kind of match that shows what this team is right now. They're not scoring a lot of goals, but they're playing the game well, and Laura Prashnikar is all-world, I think. Uh, any thoughts on the front today? I think, you know, you talked about eight goals allowed, if I'm not mistaken, the first two games we let in five, right? Two to Essen, yep. and then three against Wolfsburg. So... Since then, we've really like battened the hatches uh, defensively. And the goal today was just, you're seeing some hallmarks of what this year's squad is. Um, Throw-in uh, along the left-hand side, if I recall right. Quick breakout, quick and get it into center. And then a breakout ball. I think was it Dunst that fed it to Frygain? Um yes. I forget who. And then Frygain in space, forces the keeper to make a great save. And then it's one of those ones where the goal, it's like, it's one of those, like, that can go either way. It's an instinctual, like, hey, just get an opportunity to put it at the net and see what happens. And for us, it went in the net. And that was what decided the match today. Um, yeah. It's kind of a lot like our, t you know, it reminds me of that Slovakko uh, Champions League thing, tie, which was a 1-0 to us. But confident, controlled. You didn't think that it was going to be anything other than a Frankfurt win. It's all coming think, at the right time, and when you, oh, go on. No, I just to to back up your point there. I think we're seeing that development now from a young, talented team to an experienced, talented team, where they know they're not running away with any matches right now, even once they should but they're being efficient and effective and they're taking care right. of business in a very business-like way. It's not always going to be, you know, perfect. It's not always going to look pretty, but you take care of business, you bag your three points and then you move on. Agreed. And I think it tells you, I think as the club DNA in general, both from the men and the Frauen, a Frankfurt way of doing things. Especially, I see so many similarities now between the Frau and, and Dino's boys. Um, and it's not just because they're all wearing the same kits. Even with the champions, the women's champions league, they're wearing the same yes. the kits. I saw the Presley, which is awesome. It's great to see. 
but it's that hallmark of like, all right, we're going to control the game and make us make a mistake. And if you can, if not, we're going to find a way to get it done. And especially when you look at it now, you said four, four points from first place to fifth. And if you would have told me that after we started off with two losses and you talk about obviously Bayern Munich, the reigning champs in Frauen, who we played to a great nil-nil. Um, they're at Bayern's first match at Allianz, for the Bayern's women at Allianz. Um, and even Wolfsburg. I understand, like, you know, Laura Fromm's got hurt for Wolfsburg and they got knocked out of the Champions League against Paris FC. But still, those are to be that close right now after how we started and knowing that we're getting better and better and better and better and better each and every match. It's exciting. It really is. Yeah. You know, this is part of why I wanted to bring the Frauen segment to the first half because usually we start the second half with them. But I think it's there's a parallel between the men's and women's side right now where you're seeing a business-like approach. There, there are highs with the women's being, being in the Champions League and the men's playing in the Europa Conference League. There are matches you're going to get up for more than others. They're all alive in all competitions. That's a big deal. Uh, and some are bigger than others, but you just keep pushing down the track. It's businesslike. It's not beautiful on the score sheet as much as that three nil victory, you know, was really nice to look at. It wasn't the perfect match. The the men made some mistakes, but it was businesslike. It was efficient, and nobody lost their mind. Like holy shit, we just got a clean sheet. It was very organized and efficient. And afterwards, you shake the hands, you wave to the supporters. And then you go back to work because guess what? We're playing two matches a week for a while. And from both sides, job well done this week. Um, and, you know, as Dan Miller, one of our, our radio extraordinaires here uh, in Detroit says, job done well by both sides, job better done by Frankfurt this week. Uh, but it doesn't stop. I mean, both the, the men and women play here in the next 96 hours. So that's what we're going to talk about in segment two. Uh, but before we do that, uh, the only part of this show where I really excel, hashtag what are we drinking? Garrett, let's start with you. Um, uh, I know you had a frosty with Wendy's tonight. Um, are you a pumpkin spice guy? Have you gotten on that train? Have I converted you yet? I, I know you're a no, coffee connoisseur. Big coffee connoisseur, uh, big consumers in like chocolate and vanilla stuff especially because ironically my sweet tooth time happens when it gets colder um i'm probably gonna get something strawberry related this week shout out to Weezy's dairy bar right down the street from me and warren started going there um but today um you said i smashed the frosty along with the wendy's meal but i also had from earlier a bottle of diet Mountain Dew because as is tradition with this podcast i'm getting all jacked up and coming at people like spider monkeys Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I brought two to the show tonight. I'm cleaning out the back of the fridge. It's time to uh, move on to my winter beer selection. Uh, so I'm cleaning out the back of the summer slash fall collection. I found a, a M43 from Old Nation back there. Uh, the best beer made in Michigan, if you ask me. And then the last of my Eastern Market Brewing uh, Flannel Weather S'more Inspired Stout. I don't know if I'm going to get to that. We'll see how segment two goes. I think we might get a little fired up. Maybe I'll have to open that one uh, to make it a little warmer. But yeah, uh, wherever 
uh, you're drinking to Eintracht and victory, or uh, if you're listening from Berlin, or uh, probably, I'm going to guess by the end of the week, you're going to be listening up in Helsinki in misery, uh, you can drink in sorrow as well. So uh, to you we say, Prost. We'll be right back with segment two. Welcome back to Hey on Track Frankfurt, segment two, Garrett in Detroit, Chris about an hour northwest. Uh, Garrett, it was a busy weekend this past week, the end of the week, and the weekend is going to be even busier. We've got three matches in the next five days that we're going to cover here in the next 30 minutes. Uh, I don't know how organized it's going to be. We'll probably just be all over the place. Uh, but let's start with the Frauen match, um, the match on the... This weekend will be Friday evening, uh, a home match, thankfully, because anytime a Frankfurt club travels to Leverkusen, bad shit happens. Uh, but Eintracht mm-hmm. Frankfurt Frauen at Leverkusen Frauen, I'm sorry, at home against Leverkusen. Uh, that's a 4-5 matchup. Uh, Leverkusen sitting 11th, 11 points, uh, 4th in the table. Frankfurt 10 points, 5th in the table. It's a short turnaround. Uh, going from a Monday to a Friday, but certainly with all the breaks we've had recently, um, I think they'll be well-rested. I think this is an opportunity for the Frauen to turn it up a little bit um, back home and take care of business and pull your three points. If you get three points Friday night going into the match weekend of Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I, I do like the way that the Frauen Bundesliga spread their matches over four days now. Six matches over four days. You get a nice, even breakdown, get people a chance to see more matches. Um, but really, you could go into the weekend just one point back of first place. It's too early to say it puts pressure on Bayern and Wolfsburg at the top. But certainly, uh, you can take advantage of any slip uh, that those teams may have. Uh, Wolfsburg on the weekend, they have... I refreshed my page too quickly. Uh, they have Freiburg on the weekend. Um, so that one, that's tough. Freiburg, they're sitting mid-table right now. They score a ton of goals. Um, or I'm sorry, they, they have a balance sheet. Uh, nine goals scored, 12 allowed. They're pretty balanced, but they're not on the winning side. And, of course, uh, Bayern, the top team in the division right now, they have Duisburg. Should be a put-away game for them. So really the one that we want to focus on is Wolfsburg, where we're going to pick up the points there. Um, but certainly Leverkusen isn't anything to bat an eye at either. Any thoughts on that one? I think it's just more of the same that we've been seeing from the Frauen lately, especially in the last month plus, month and two weeks maybe. Just you know if you keep playing the way that you do have been, you're going to get something out of this match. Um, and it's, you know, I think they know that if a win against Leverkusen puts them in an even better position to make a, make a statement in the table and make a statement this year in Frauen Bundesliga. So, um, I have not unfortunately seen a whole lot of, uh, Leverkusen Frauen side, but 
if it's anything like the men's side that we've seen this year, I'm sure there's talent. I'm sure there's a great approach. I'm sure they're gonna keep. Up, they're gonna make us work for everything. But if we yeah. keep it, keep doing what we're doing, we're getting something out of this. We have something that they don't have, and that's Barbara Dunst. Uh, she's been absolutely incredible. By the way, uh, just looking at my notes here, it was Sarah Dorson who put that ball into fragging this morning okay. or this afternoon um, that set up the goal. But yeah, Barbara Dunst has been outstanding. Laura Prashnikar, the same. Uh, Annie Elmi and Freiburg, um, fragging up front. Just the, the talent is there at the front end. The consistency is there in the back end. A couple blips early in the season, playing more matches than other people at Champions League qualification rounds thrown in there. But now we're in the meat of the season. This is where you make your money. This is where you stand out. And um, it's going to get tough. Uh, I'm going to look ahead at the schedule here if my computer wants to cooperate with me. It's not going to be easy. Um, in the next few weeks after the match against Leverkusen, uh, we go into Champions League play right away on Tuesday. Uh, and then back to league play against Nuremberg. Um, at Saturday and then back with Barcelona and Champions League and then back to league play uh, in December after a short break. So in the next, wow, what are we here? Uh, next 12 days, four matches, that that would test anybody. And this group, you know, we're kind of new to the, the Champions League group play with this young group. A uh, couple older holdovers that may have played but not recently. And it's something they're going to have to balance. And certainly uh, Nico's got his, his hands full because playing against Barcelona in champions league, if anyone doesn't know, they ran the table in their league. Um, was that last year? Uh, 30 wins outstanding. No one's ever done a run like that before. So it's going to get tough, uh, but we got to take care of business where we can. Um, that match will be, the league match this week, Friday, November 10th. That's 12.30 Eastern time here in the States. Uh, we will get on the socials and share how you can watch that. Uh, they've had a lot more matches on YouTube this year, and hopefully that continues. It's a nice outlet uh, for people all around the world to catch what I think is um, one of the best leagues in the women's game, certainly the best league in the women's game, um, and it's not even close in my opinion. Um, moving on to the men's side. Uh, there's a match on Thursday. That's the first match we have in this calendar week. Uh, Thursday, November 9th, 1245 Eastern Time here in the States, 945 Pacific. For those of you uh, out in the Bay Area, Southern California, uh, have a little breakfast while you watch the Eintracht um, play. Garrett, how do we say the name? Huyaku Helsinki. I'm not even going to attempt. I'll just say Helsinki. Um so this is going to be interesting. Uh, how, do, how do we handle this one? Uh, we're feeling good. Been playing well. Uh, the results are, are coming in on the good side. But now we're traveling. Um, the unique part about the Finnish league is they play in the summer rotation. Like the MLS here in the States and a couple of the other uh, northern European countries. Their league play is finished. So the only matches they're playing now are the European play. Uh, so they have one match every week or every couple weeks, depending on the 
point in the calendar. Um, is that an advantage or a disadvantage? I like to be, you know, in routine. Guys showing up every single day, having a match every three to four days, your brain is constantly engaged. Whereas uh, Helsinki played their last match on October 26th, and their next match is November 30th. So they have one match in a window of 30 days. Um, I think that's a disadvantage for them. But at the same time, that means they're going to be healthy. Uh, as we look at the Conference League standings right now, um, Eintracht sitting in second on uh, six points, and Helsinki in fourth with one point, Aberdeen third on one, and uh, PAOK out of Greece, nine points through three matches. So this is not do or die uh, for Eintracht, but it's certainly one where we can create space in that table. Uh, Garrett, anything to worry about, or is it going to be another route like the match was in Frankfurt? I think the one in Frankfurt, we know that we survived this early chance that Huyaku had, and then we won the penalty based off of a VAR ruling, and then we got another quick, and then it was lights out. And um, I look at it now with we can if we keep if we play even half of how we played in um, a couple weeks ago, we'll roll. But another thing to note, too, is our destiny is kind of in our own hands with what we want to do in this table because with this group because Pauk beat us in week two, um, but we, ha- we know that if we roll on Thursday against Suyaku, we have Pauk November 30th in Frankfurt and know that if we beat them, then it's in our hands to take the group and get the buy. So you don't have to play in February in the conference league. It is certainly and not so, must win, but it is priority. It is a priority to win this one. Uh, you don't want to have to rest on beating the Greeks when they come to town in a couple of weeks. You'd like to be able to walk through Aberdeen and have that one on match day six later in December, not even matter. That's the goal in winning the one uh, this Thursday. Agreed. And I even think, too, in the other fixture in the group, Aberdeen's going to go into Greece probably pissed off, especially with what happened in match day three between uh, Aberdeen and Pauk. Uh, Aberdeen had a 2-0 lead, let one slip. A VAR call didn't go in their favor. Pauk equalized and then had a VAR call go in their favor. And the last kick of the game was a Pauk win. So how Aberdeen will respond in Greece if they're up for it and if they limit Pauk, take a point or take all three points. If we're somehow even on points going into November 30th, even better. But at the end of the day, it's this group knows that if they want, if they want to get through as winners in this group, you have to run the table, the rest of this group. Yeah, we don't have to table watch, uh, but it's certainly in our favor uh, if Aberdeen can can pull off a result of any kind. And uh, for our sake, I think the momentum that we built in league play recently, and then of course uh, the six 0 drubbing of Helsinki a couple weeks ago, 
the victory in the cup match and, you know, the busy, busy November, December schedule for us. This really sets a tone for the way things are going to go because uh, before we get to predictions, we'll, we'll talk about the next match. Uh, after that Thursday evening game, we're right back Sunday morning uh, with a road match. I, I don't even know uh, if they're going to travel back from Helsinki to Frankfurt or if they're going to go straight to Bremen. I just don't know. Um, but the road match against Bremen on the weekend, just, you know, three and a half days really after the match in Helsinki. Um, is that a trap game? Is that one literally a, a trap game where we could get caught off off guard or also a Kevin trap game where he comes to the rescue? Uh, Bremen sitting 12th in the table on 10 points. Eintracht sitting 7th in the table on 17 points. Uh, possibly a chance to jump into Europe, European positions, depending on what goes on around us in the table. Garrett, is this a traditional trap, a Kevin trap match, or is there no trap to be had against Bremen on the weekend? You know, in previous years, I would call this a Launish Diva match all the way because moody, moody, moody. However, I'm seeing a lot of good things so far in the last month or so with this squad. And how we responded against Dortmund the last time we had a Thursday-Sunday was fantastic. The second half wasn't, but we didn't completely collapse in that game either. We showed the resolve to at least force Dortmund to get another equalizer to get a point, which you know is more than what Dortmund did against Bayern. So, fair play. Alejandro Mourinho, I think, ate his words after that match. Um, this is a great opportunity to do um, against Brandon because I'm looking at some of the other fixtures this week in the Bundesliga um, around us. Uh, Hoffenheim have to go to Augsburg, who have been unbeaten since they've made a managerial change. Um, an Augsburg win and a Frankfurt Augsburg win over Hoffenheim and a Frankfurt win on Sunday. We jump Hoffenheim in the table. Dortmund's close to us in the table. They got to go to Stuttgart, who may still be without Garassi, but are going to probably want to um, make things right because they had a slip up in Heidenheim over the weekend. Um, Who else is immediately around us in the table that I can think about? I think the only other one around us really right now would be Leipzig, and they have a tough match against Freiburg. So we're not going to be able to catch could. Wolfsburg could come up on our heels a bit um, yeah, with a victory this weekend. But, you know, yeah. we, we've got just a bit of re- breathing room behind us. Um, but, you know, no wolf ever caught a moose by looking behind them. They look forward and they, they attack what's in front of them. And I think that's Fun fact, well, yeah. the, the opportunity in front of us this weekend uh, to build momentum in Helsinki and take that forward. Uh, I would like to see some rotation. I don't even want to put a couple guys on the field um, on Thursday. I know we want that routine. We want that rhythm. Um, But there's a couple guys I'd like to keep fresh. I'd like to keep healthy. Um, And that starts with Marmouche. He's our number one goal scorer. We scored six. And granted, he was like half of them against Helsinki last time out. But I think we can score goals without him. Uh, 
I really don't right. want to put them out there. I haven't checked the weather, but you can bet this time of year it's going to be cold and wet in Helsinki. Uh, injuries could be a factor. Um, Helsinki playing, you know, one match every two to three weeks. Who knows if they're engaged mentally? I, I really don't want to put anyone at risk. Uh, I keep a guy like Goats on the bench. He's going to be critical on the weekend. He'll probably, if it was up to me, he'd get the start on the road on the weekend in the league game. Uh, and maybe right. come off the bench if needed Thursday. But it it's not a full rotation situation, uh, but it's a common sense situation. Take care of business. Get out of Helsinki healthy. Go to Bremen and get a victory by the score of 3-2. to two. By the way, I know uh, for let, me, sure let, let, let me get my Helsinki. I think we're going 2-1 to one in Helsinki. Helsinki, I know we're going to make a change on the left-hand side because Philip Max seems to be playing in the league for the most part on the left, but since he's not on the Conference League roster, we know he's going to have be out. So my guess it will be either in Cuckoo or Knopf on the left-hand side on Thursday. Um, business trip there. Huyaku uh, nil, Eintracht Frankfurt 2. Um, just because I do think there's going to be some rotation. I think Helsinki's going to want to make it difficult and prove that they're not as much of a pushover as that 6-0 shows. But Dina and Bembe had a monster game in that first tie, in that first match against Huyaku. And I think this is another good opportunity for him to show. Uh, Bremen on Sunday may cause some issues for our defense, and that is Marvin Dusk and our dear, dear are you know he's still a saint in Frankfurt legend even though he's not playing for us this year. Rafael Santos Boré um, are really starting to click as a strike pairing for Bremen. Uh, Dusk had the opener against Wolfsburg over the weekend. Rafael Boré had a header to say secure a point. I think Bremen are going to get a goal. However, their defense leaks goals. Oh boy, do I want to do? Yeah, you know what? I'm feeling good. <laughs> uh, Verda Bremen one, Eintracht Frankfurt two. I don't know who's going to score, but yeah, last year Bremen, if I'm not mistaken, was last year Bremen, if I'm not mistaken, in Bremen was Bremen three, Frankfurt four, if I recall correctly. So that has the, this has the potential four goals in it. However. I think we shut stuff down more often this year. So three points to the Eintracht on Sunday. That would be lovely. Um, what about Nacho? You know, we talked earlier in the in the show about uh, Nacho and the younger guys uh, having their opportunity. Is Helsinki that day, or is it too soon to get too excited after he scored one goal? I need to take a look here and see if Nacho is on our conference league roster. Um, I didn't even look into which that. I, which I think he is. I know Ngankum is, and I would love to see Ngankum start. That's another one. I'd love to see him out there. Uh, we've seen flashes from him of just how how confident he can be on the ball. Um, you know, maybe not the finishing touch there, uh, but. I like what we've seen from him early, and I think an opportunity to get other people involved, because we know who Marmouche is at this point. If we could get other guys involved up front, uh, even you know more from Hugo Larson or 
you know, another uh, Scandinavian guy um, in Jans Peter Hauga, giving him an opportunity. Right. Again, we have a lot of options here. It, it's a weird kind of depth where we have numbers, but we don't necessarily have proven, um, you know, statistical evidence of, of uh, capability. But certainly... Jans Peter Hauga has played in Europe with us before. He knows exactly what to expect and going on the road in that environment in a region that is, you know, is similar to what he grew up in. He'll be comfortable in the cold and, and the, the wetness. So, um, I don't know. I don't necessarily want to see full rotation, but I would like to see some fresh faces in that lineup too. So I'm taking a look at it now because I got, the UEFA site up. Um, we have um, Nacho. Uh, he's in the player list B um, for the Conference League. So he's on the squad um, along with Jens Peter Haugen and Gankum, Shaibi, and Marmish. That's our forwards. Um, our midfielders, you could obviously see, I mean, you could see Christian Jakic potentially if he's healthy. You could see Makoto Hasabe come in play either as a center back or as a midfielder. Sebastian Rode is on the list, although I think he's banged up. Um, this would be a great Paxton Aronson start because yeah. he played, what, 20 – he played, I think, 30-plus minutes in the match a couple weeks ago. Uh, defensively, uh, Elias Baum is on the B roster for Conference League, uh, but you would see guys, obviously, um, the last match, Pacho sat in favor of Smolcic, and they did caulk – Chuta Smolcic as the back three against Fiyaku. That could change in there. Um, Aurelio Boots is on the, in the lineup too. So, to me, Chandler came on late in the game in the last tie against Fiyaku, set up in Bembe for the sixth goal. So, I would love to see some at least a heavy amount of rotation. I feel like Chaibi started against Victoria in the Pokal, right? So, he's been basically starting almost every game lately. Maybe you give him a rest here ahead of Sunday, um, and you put Aaron's in there. Um, I think it'll be. I definitely think we. Should, but let's see as much rotation. And honestly, do you, would you put Grawl in again like you did against Tuyuku? You know, I was thinking about that. I really was. Um, but it's so hard to get Trap out of there. You're never going to tell Kevin Trap he's sitting out a match. If he's, I think he came back a little too early from the injury, uh, but by all appearances, he's back in form now. I, you know, we we got a few minutes here and we did a major disservice in not talking about the way the defense has stood up in the last couple matches, uh, back to back clean sheets when you know we could hardly hold a clean sheet in previous That's two different keepers too. Yeah, two different keepers. Three of our last four matches, clean sheets. And um, before that, you got to go back to October 13th, uh, minus that Dortmund match. October 13th is the last time that we allowed multiple goals. Um, and no, that was the friendly one during the uh, during the international break. Yeah, I mean, you're going Most, back uh, to Pauk, Pauk, Pauk on October Pauk. 5th. So. Certainly the defense has figured it out, and we knew that that's the last thing that comes together uh, with the amount of turnover we've had in the roster in the starting 11 this year. Um, Cock has been outstanding at the center. Um, Tuta, for the ups and downs, he, 
he's always, you know, dependable to make one really bad decision in a match. Uh, but usually he makes up for it. He's got the speed to take a chance, get beat, but then recover. Um, I'm not going to get on him too much. I think it's unfair how much we get on him for the amount of good stuff he does. A lot of the times it goes under the radar. Um, so certainly this defense has figured it out. The back-to-back clean sheets was unthinkable um, over the last couple seasons. So, you know, granted, Victoria Cohn, uh Union Berlin and their struggles, not the highest caliber of talent, but against any clubs in Europe, back-to-back clean sheets is nothing to laugh at. So, um, uh, do we yeah, want Gary, to? You got anything else? Yeah, I do want to highlight. Um, you know, we didn't fully, fully talk into it on the Pokal. Um, a good sign of rotation. Um, we did have the draw on Sunday, and we are going to oh, Saarbrücken. Um, for December, and December 5th, for those that are like, wait, to be determined. Yep. And for those that are wondering, Saarbrücken, that sounds fresh in the mind. Um, Wednesday, the match against Victoria Köln and our dear, dear Diadler finish. I then, well, not unapologetically watching at my desk at work, and I think I had the sound on without the earbuds too. Um, flip to, oh, Saarbrücken Byron's one to one. Let me flip to this and watch Byron eventually win. Right. Um, peppered a couple shots, Sarbrook enforced the ball, and then I saw uh, that ball feed to the right channel with acres of space, a ball across, and I literally thought that that commentator was about to have a heart attack when <laughs> Sarbrook scored. And then I immediately, because Chris knows, I have a lot of, I have just watched almost as much English as I watch German um, in my other Eagle Club. But, you know, the rumor that Harry Kane still hasn't won a trophy in his playing days yet continues <laughs> since Bayern are out of the Pokal, although they smashed Dortmund 4-0 after that. So, but with that being said, now we go to Saarbrücken, a team that, if I'm not mistaken, they were a semifinalist in 2020 in the Pokal. Um, I'm going to look that up. I know they uh, defeated a couple of teams. As I look here, I think they it, lost to Leverkusen in the 2020 Pokal semifinal. It is a wild so, circumstance um, where the, you know, 11-year reigning champ and then many Pokals in recent history uh, loses to a third division side who's currently 15th in the three-liga table right now. Um, right. I mean, it, it's uh, my. I, I'm just kind of taken away by it, but because you look at some of the the clubs that are ahead of them in the table right now, um, clubs with a payroll you know the size of my bank account, which trust me, Brian doesn't pay me that much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, it's pretty impressive what they pulled off, and now we have to go into their building. And you know that's going to be a hornet's nest uh, right. in itself. Uh, they're not afraid of anybody. As you mentioned, they've done it in recent history. It was that 2020 and then uh, the victory over Bayern this week. So it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a nightmare. Um, but certainly. Yeah. And I think it's also wild too, yeah, that there's 16 teams remaining in the Pokal. There's only six of them from the, from the Bundesliga. 
There are six from the Bundesliga. There are eight from Schweizer Bundesliga. And there is Saarbrücken, who are in Dreiliga. And then Hamburg, who are in the sixth division? Something? You will, you will never convince me that this is not the best club competition in the world. It really, from top to bottom, Especially every year, CO Match Live in person, too. You know what? I haven't been that fortunate yet. Um, I'm still kicking my own ass for missing the cup final in Berlin, uh, even though we lost at Dortmund in 2018 uh, or 17. I had the chance to be there, and I didn't, and still kicking myself for that one. But, um, yeah, I mean – There's something about a Pokal Pokal day as opposed to a Bundesliga day that – is so special in Germany. Matches are over the air, like like you'd watch a match over the air, like you're watching baseball here or NFL on your Sundays. You're watching your Pokal yeah. match. Um, yeah. You could be in a seated section that you're sitting your ass down on a Bundesliga match day. You are standing in the Pokal, and then you are, and if things go your way. You just cram to the nines in the train heading back into this downtown city center and all you're going to want to scream is Berlin, Berlin, Bierfahrer, not Berlin. Chris knows I have a bad habit that sometimes works in our favor. Uh, May 25th is Berlin, Day of Pokal. Are you just going to... Why don't you just tell everybody what you've already guaranteed on the Discord chat? Well, that was before we drew Saarbrücken. Oh, okay. Which, so let's now it's honest, changed. <laughs> Saarbrücken, let's get past Saarbrücken, which I think we can do. But they're going to make it difficult. We get past Saarbrücken, we get to the quarterfinals. Be prepared on May 25th. If you're not going to Berlin, have the feet mindset like, that you're in Berlin in your head. Um, 17, we lost the final. We won it in 18. Y'all know what happened last summer. Sum- like this, I say last summer. It was really four months ago, five months ago. It's going to be a better time around here, folks. Get ready. That is a bold-ass prediction. Um, I'm not ready to go that far yet. Uh, but, but you uh, know, but I've done it before. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I hope lightning strikes twice, um, but we're a little bit far ahead of ourselves. We got to get through Helsinki first, Bremen on the weekend, Leverkusen for the women on Friday, and then we can start looking ahead at the following weeks. Um, but that's about all the time we have here. Uh, Garrett, it's been fun. We'll do it again. We got a lot to talk about next week, uh, recapping these three matches and looking ahead to several more. Uh, so we'll do it again next week. What do you say? I cannot wait. Um, where, all the best where are we to, finding you? Sorry. Where are we finding you on social media? All right. Uh, personals. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, GM Comats. Um, Eintracht Frankfurt Detroit, SKA Diabler. That is at Detroit SKA. Detroit City Clubhouse for Verde Brave and Eintracht Frankfurt this Sunday, 1130 a.m. Eastern. Uh, look for a post. It's Monday night now, so by Wednesday you'll have a post with the match details. Maybe I'll have to call in sick from work. I work about a mile away from there. 
I might just have you to know, have it. a cough that day and fall in. Um, but I'll be over there soon. Um, and then for myself, um, on our Discord chat 24-7, of course, at CNTheD313, same on the other socials, Peloton, Instagram, Discord, um, X, Twitter, whatever we're calling it. Um, and then the show, halfpod.com, where the statistic zone is there for live match stats uh, for Frankfurt, uh, men's, women's, you name it, and the rest of the Frauen and men's Bundesligas as well. Um, that's halfpod.com. Also, twitter.com forward slash hefpod. Uh, and Matt, of course, does great work on the Instagram at Frankfurt. Uh, send us your watch parties. We'll add them to our map. We've got a live event list coming up with, with watch parties being listed week by week. Uh, that should roll out pretty soon as well. So lots of cool stuff going on. We're trying to keep things fresh and keep things fun. Uh, we'll bring on some new guests, bring on a couple more uh, fan profiles, get to meet people all around the world that follow the greatest club in Germany, the greatest club in the Eastern Hemisphere with the best Western Hemisphere following. And I am not biased whatsoever. Uh, and so, so until next time, uh, that's it. Episode 290 of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt approaching 300 really quickly. We really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in, like, subscribe, follow, and we will talk to you after an undefeated weekend for the other. Cheers. What's cooler than being cool? Unia. Hey, I'm